Welcome to Life on the Illinois Prairie. Your host is Wendy Fleming Dexter, and after 30 years living in small town Illinois, she has stories to tell. Past cornfields and factories, into the heart of Amish country. There's more here than what meets the eye, far beyond what you think you know. So buckle up and stay tuned. This is Life on the Illinois Prairie. Welcome back to a part two of my interview with Jerry Winters, artist, entertainer, gallery owner who lives in Arthur, Illinois. We had a wonderful visit with him last week, part one, and welcome to those who are here today to hear Jerry. It's going to be a very, very interesting show. Thank you for joining us. So, um, I know your your gallery does not just have your artwork in it. You have artwork from many, some famous people. Well, well-known people. Yes, yes, indeed, Wendy. Our gallery, uh, you know, we had three galleries in Carmel. That was Joan. She was an entrepreneur in the early days. In fact, when we opened in Carmel, there was only three or four galleries. This is 50-some years ago. And uh, so Joan uh, decided she would go with the galleries. And so she opened those and the artists flocked to her because she knew her business, knew what she was doing, and she was a straight shooter. And that grew into about seven or eight stores altogether that Joan had in Carmel. Uh, Beautiful shops. I mean, glorious clothing stores, high-end stuff. And uh, this was just like, going for an ice cream cone for her. She just loved it. She, she couldn't stand to f- sign, find a for lease sign or something in a building that needed renovated. She loved doing that sort of thing. And so that's why she opened our gallery in France. When we were over in France, I was appearing at the uh, Hilton Hotel. I was doing England, Scotland, and Wales. And uh, we had some time in between and went over into France and we found this wonderful country of house out in the in the Bourgogne, you know, we're three hours south of Paris, and uh, and uh, it was Franks then. They hadn't joined the EU, and and it, I guess it was a great buy. She thought, and so she bought us that little farm. That was going to be our retirement. And she said to me, Jerry, you know what? This is wonderful. The sheep here and the neighbors, the little chateau down the way is was. Uh, they raised sheep, and it was originally a two or three thousand acre farm. And uh, so we got about twenty sheep, and the neighbors took care of it. And uh, we would go in and out of France maybe four to five times a year. And then, about three months, the second trip back to to furnish the house over there, uh, we found Vézelay, which is a ten minute drive from the farm. And Vézelay is. Uh, uh, world famous. They see three, four million visitors a year. We're in the Brooklyn, which, uh, and uh, they, they call it the Compostelle. Uh, it is second only to Lourdes as far as the uh, the tourism goes. And so Jones' antennas went up, and she said, <laughs> "You know, that'd be a nice place for you to have a gallery." And uh, so within two weeks, she negotiated a a wonderful uh, 12th century building, right entrance to the Basilica. 
And mm. uh, so she set up the uh, Winters Gallery there. And we, we had the gallery. We were going to retire there. She said she thought we could retire within five years if she bought that gallery, that bought that house there and everything. Okay, boss, that suits me fine. And so that went to five years and eight years and 12 years. And we had it 22 years altogether. And I think we own part of United Airlines and we travel with our poodles and um, the little teacup poodles went with us. And so uh, that worked out very well. And so back to the other part, when when she said we were going to retire, I immediately thought France. And that's why I was a little startled when she told me that she was considering Arthur, but she said, Jerry, I don't like the world situation right now, and if we're going to retire, I don't think we should retire there, she said. It's out in the country. If anything happens to me and you got the dogs and blah, blah, blah. And so we came to Arthur, and I had to deal with selling the farm over the phone, and that was not happy campers. Oh. And, uh, so I'm your friends, but uh, I'm I'm not wanting to... to uh, I'm so glad again that uh, I can have time to do this. Thanks for giving me all this time. This is very special. Oh my gosh! Well, we're we're delighted you're here, Jerry. And when that day, the day when I went into that store with my girlfriend, and it's like I went into another world because I didn't expect to. Uh, number one, I didn't expect to find that kind of an art gallery, and then all the other things that you have there, and then to meet you and all that you do. When did you when did you um, switch from paint by numbers to painting the style that you paint <laughs> now? I mean, I know that had to have been a while back, but oh, well, do you know what I I graduated and I, I had this vision in my head that I love classicism and I like classic art and. Uh, I've always been that way, and and our Joan did too, and our gallery was composed originally of art that we fell in love with, and people would come, artists would come to us, and Joan was featured back in those years about the entrepreneur turned art critic and art helper to the young artists that needed guidance for marketing their work and for presentation so we did have an exclusive with the artists that came to us and uh you know we're, we're talking about the early days of even tom kincaid came to us and became a dear sweet friend and uh we we uh shared our lives with his life and he, we lost him when he was too young thomas kincaid in case your listeners mm-hmm. don't know the painter of light and Carmel was developing fast, and it developed. I think there's a moratorium at 75 jewelry stores now, and there's over like 160 galleries there. And we only have one square mile of space, and they literally come from all over the world there now. It is an art destination. The ladies and uh, come in with their credit cards and from all over the world, and the guys are out on the golf course at Pebble Beach, you know, and uh, we shipped out the next day, and it wasn't, we we would ship maybe five to eight major paintings, and we were a pretty high-end gallery, 
And so we were focused on working with our family of artists. And I started buying uh, it, Jones, um, um, urging, uh, investing in these young artists in those days. And we at one point had, I think, 60 some artists on our roster. And then these were our family and we cared about them and we nurtured them and watched them grow and got them on the market. Well, out of that, we ended up with over 800 pieces of our own in our house out in Pebble Beach. And uh, they were pieces we collected in the 19th, late 70s and early 80s of these uh, artists that were young then. Well, when we decided to retire, <laughs> our collection was pretty big. And so we had to store a lot of stuff and acclimatize uh, mm -hmm. them because these artists, and we were very proud right now in my gallery, I probably have from the 800 pieces, I'm down to about 200, maybe 200 and something. And I have been passing them down now because we, we downsized from huge house to not so huge house to my little 2000 square foot house here. And uh, I'm, I'm, I'm slowly keeping the ones that I, I love so much. Uh, but I have talked to the families uh, out of the artists that we represented. I brought back probably 18 individual artists that we were collecting really special people. They are all but two deceased now. And mm. some of them came to us when they were in their 70s. And they were established artists, but they wanted to come to have a place in Carmel to show. And they exclusively showed with us when they did. And mm. we marketed them all over the world. We, we shipped out 99% of everything we sold there. We sent to Europe and tourists that had come to buy the art. So we built up our own collection to the point where it was really special. And so I contacted the families uh, of those that were still living. Almost every artist I have in the gallery for sale, besides myself, is either deceased or I think I have two that are still living or up in years and almost everyone our museum represented at this mm. point. Some, some with 30, 35 museums around the world where you can find oh, that work. And I had an agreement with the families that I was never going to put them on the internet, ever. Mm. I want to know where the piece is going, who's buying it, why they're buying it. I... I carefully document everything we have all our paperwork on every piece we know these people uh and their families and their their uh, their growth and their success and uh, we we felt very much a part of all of that and so um i think we have pieces still in the three or four hundred dollar category but we we have, some very, we have some up in the thousands, but 
they're they're the originals. They're not copies. They're not. But these almost majority of the originals have been published nationally and internationally. So there are mm-hmm. copies and and uh, that even lithography back in those days. But there are chiclets and prints throughout Europe of, uh, of these artists. But I want to. I'm finding on a one one on one basis homes that can handle the piece families that want the piece because they love the art families that are passing them down i don't want them ending up in garage sales and i have an agreement with my people that buy these pieces i i want your promise your handshake that uh, you're not in this grab this piece and go sell it somewhere i, I don't want that mm-hmm. so it is uh it is Blessed me and blessed the artists and the families and so forth. And you'll be surprised uh, when you come in. Uh, I'll share all sorts of things with you. And I have a, I have a access to some very, very fine art, if you want. And if you want some fun art, I'm the fun artist. And back to that other subject, you said, when did I start doing the primitives? Well, I thought I was a great, I was going to be a still life painter, Dutch master's look. And so <laughs> I started doing still art and so forth. And my, my late wife said, Jerry, you're coming in the wrong direction now. Why do you say that? Do you know how many wonderful still life artists there are that have been painting since they were children, have studied all of the masters and so forth? And I think maybe you may, I'd like to market you in another direction. Well, we represented Chuck Wysocki, you know, Charles Wysocki, we, and his mm-hmm. brother both. Uh, uh, Charles and his brother were both painters. And uh, she said, uh, why don't you talk to Chuck a little bit? So Charles Wysocki is a pretty, pretty, pretty famous painter of naive art. And you would recognize his work. And we work a lot alike. And in conversation, and I was doing my still lifes, and he was doing his primitives that he's world famous for. He said, Jerry, why don't you ever thought about doing primitives? And I said, no, no. It'd drive me nuts to do little people running around little houses all day long, you know, or whatever it is. (laughs) (laughs) And we'd have a lot of laughs about it. And I said, "Well, you know, you so you know, you have calendars out, and you have all these puzzles and da 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 da." He said, "And I, he said, well, why don't you try to do a little one?'" I was started to do my first couple of them, and he said, "No, I'll stick an American flag in there." And I said, "Why, you know, you, that's your shtick. Why should I do a flag in mine?" He said, "Do you want to know?" And he said, "My put," and he showed me some paperwork out of the desk. And his puzzles, of course, international, uh, and they a resurgence in Japan, you know, in the Orient of puzzle work is huge. And yet they won't buy American puzzles unless they have American flags in them. Oh. And he showed me his monthly he gets from it, got from it. He's deceased. He's been gone, I don't know, 18 years or something. But uh, he said, you know, you get residual checks every month and everything. And da, 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 da. So I, I started doing my first little primitives, and I looked back on it, and I thought, oh, this is terrible. I can't, <laughs> I, I got to get a handle on it. 
how am I going to do this? And Joan said, well, why don't you think about your dogs? You know, we had little poodles. Why don't you add a poodle to your work? Why don't you, you know, so it'll be a little gimmicky, but you can actually use the poodles. So then my mind started to work around our traveling. And so uh, each poodle, we had uh, we had our poodles going with us. And little Chopin made his, Chopin often bark. He made, <laughs> he made his first trip. And he was, he was, he was eight weeks old to France with us when we when we opened that gallery over there, and so he must have made fifty trips plus. We were doing four or five a year over there, and I was painting shows in my gallery, and he would sit there and he learned more French than I did. He could speak French, so he he was the star of the show for uh, seventeen years. I still continue to put him in the paintings, and I lost him the year before Joan passed, and oh. so now I have. I have Manet, the painter, Manet. <laughs> I have, uh, okay, uh, I have Minuet. I have Monique. I have, uh, who else is that? <laughs> I, I forget. <laughs> I have four total now. And so the one called Monami, my white poodle, was our first one to go to France. She was tiny, a little one. And she was a deer. And before Joan passed, she said, you know, would you mind not taking Ami, uh, uh, Monami out of the paintings uh, when she dies? Because don't tell the other poodles, but she was always <laughs> my favorite. Oh, you know, little oh. Ami, even when I do a scene of cows or, or when I'm doing a, a naive primitive <laughs> of cows and farm things, down on the little signature. We'll put a little tiny white poodle there. So that's Ami. So that's uh, Mooney Me, my friend. So uh, that started marketing. And Joan started marketing me. She took me to Sun Made Raisins, California Sun Made Raisins. And she said, Jerry, now, have you ever done a logo? And I said, what's that about? And she said, well, while you were gone, uh, she picked me up at the airport from somewhere I was performing. She said, I'm going to drive you down to Fresno, so don't plan anything about today. What's going on there? She said, oh, have you ever done a logo? And I said, no. And she said, well, don't ever tell that. Keep your mouth shut at the con at the conference table. We're going to have a meeting with the, the group, and they're wanting some, some work done for them. And this was really pre-computer days. Uh, they had in-house people but uh, she had a friend that was CEO of California Sun Made Raisins and they booked me right on the spot and boy I I started uh, doing the Sun Made Raisins stuff on the side and I did their international their uh, their 100th year anniversary book several years ago and by the way I'm getting some copies of that they're sending them to me for my store here uh, oh. it's in five which is, it's in five languages. It's the history of the company and everything. And then uh, I did some giant pieces that were 30 by 40s for them, and they're hanging in their boardroom there at the National at the Raisin. They paid for the painting commissions, plus they, Joan, well, don't need to give you all the details, but Joan gives them an additional amount, which startled me, uh, for them to own the exclusivity of the of the work so they can use it for all their puzzles, calendars, their in-house stuff that they sell in their stores. And I'm the only, uh, 
and I talked to them this last week because they're sending me some cutting boards that uh, and some posters that they have and so forth they have in the gallery here. And she said, Jerry, she said, I'm sitting in the boardroom right now, and there are three, four Norman Rockwell originals there. Didn't, I don't know if you know about Norman. You know Norman. Well, the great Norman Rockwell. Mm -hmm. And they're 30, 40s. They're big ones done for California sun-made raisins in the 30s and 40s. And she said, you are the only one that has three pieces that size in the boardroom that are yours. Mm. So I'm going to send you some guys and got a store for your gallery over there and so forth and so on. But they do have the rich, they, they have the exclusive rights to my work for that. And then she got me Smuckers, Jams and Joys. And that was a good thing. I like that. I put that one together. <laughs> and then they marketed me there with, with, uh, with Smuckers. It's a great company out of Orville, Ohio. So I designed some paintings for them to market uh, for their their uh, marketing department years ago. And then uh, Producers Dairies of California took me and I did the same thing with them. And these were all, some of them I even produced over in France while we were there and I was appearing in London. We get out of the house and I paint them there and bring them back on the plane. <laughs> mm. So anyway, so I'm kind of a traveling painting performer person <laughs> well i know you're a delight that's for sure um any any man that can refer to his late, late wife as the boss is that you if i didn't love you already yeah. i love you more because you called joan the boss and that i'm gonna try to teach stacy to bet. learn that you bet. <laughs> well Oh, that's nice. I tell you what, I miss her dearly. But <laughs> I can only you imagine, met dear Sarah. Yes, little Sarah and Linda, I mean they're angels, and uh, they came to me probably about five months after she passed. And my store was kind of closed and dirty and dusty, and I was moping around having my pity party. And uh, she came in and she said, "Would." You know, she came to bring some soap to her daughter. That's what she said. And mm -hmm. uh, her daughter said, "Go her and go go in that shop where they sell French soap." And and she said, "What kind of store is it?" And she said, "It's an art gallery." And she said, "They sell soap." <laughs> she said, "The people, yeah, in France, they import soap." So she came in and she knocked on the door and came in and she bought the soap and she said. Would you, would you like some help in here? You know, it was kind of dirty and dusty and everything. I was moping around. And I said, no, I'm fine. I'm going to do all right. I lost my wife just recently. And I'm trying to get it. She said, well, she shivered up practically with a mop bucket and dust rags. And the next day, and kind of said, here, I'm going to help you. And I'm thinking, well, I wonder what she wants. You know, <laughs> I was why are you doing this? Well, that's what we do. And then she invited me. She invited me to a cookout. I've never been to a cookout in my life. And I, what do you do? You sit out in the back. <laughs> and, and then the other thing, I'm learning this Midwest stuff. I love it. I love it. And we had the ladies. We had these ladies come in off the bus recently, and you know. The thing with the bus is wonderful. It's growing and growing because these 
there are people, they don't want to go in the cities anymore to shop. They don't want to go to the malls and shop. And they tell the driver to come to Jerry Winters in Arthur, Illinois, and they come and spend the day. <laughs> and anyway, I tell you what, um, it it was total, I told you I don't believe in luck and accidental meetings at all. But she says, I've got this friend, and, and I'm a retired art teacher, and I'd love to help you in here. And I keep taking my father saying, you know, you don't give your phone numbers out, you don't do this and that and the other <laughs> thing. And they have been with me for two years, and I have never been happier than Clam, I'll tell you what. They, they're trustworthy, wonderful, and they can do anything. Joan always teased me because I didn't know which, which end of a hammer to hold. Because <laughs> I never learned when I was a kid. So these women can get on ladders, change light bulbs, and clean the toilet, and beat the people, and they know everybody on the planet. Everybody knows everybody here. I go across the street to the guy, and you're standing in line with with your ice cream, you know, to take a break. And you get to the counter, and there's only two people in. And you've been there, and they're saying, oh, oh, Sarah, oh she, she's the one with the goiter, you know, her husband. He was married. She, she was married to that one with the three children. The goiter. Ah, no, no, no. You have to be compressed to understand. And you have to bring yourself up slowly from the depth. Or whatever. Ah, Jerry. Um, hey, Jerry, would you like to give your gallery address? And feel free to give your website address, too, if you'd like. Why would I do that? Why would I do that? I love it. You know, you can't miss me. And we're in Arthur with a great big awnings and right downtown Arthur. So don't miss downtown Arthur. It's only three blocks long. And I get mail here. Jerry Winters, Arthur, Illinois. No zip code, no address or anything. I, it's it's unbelievable. This is a bubble. And I told Mr. Eastwood I just recently, you know what? And he was talking, and he said, he's a great guy, just a wonderful, special friend. And he hadn't, I hadn't talked to him in four years since we sold the house there and came here. And he, he said, Jerry, oh, first of all, he said, he, he got this box for his birthday. We sent him some soap. He liked uh, uh, patchouli. You know, he was raised in San Francisco during the 60s. Patchouli was the hippie fragrance, I guess. And he liked. He used to come in the gallery in Carmel and get us. So as a surprise, I saw it on on the iPad that it was his birthday. So it was ninety second, I think. And so out of the blue, I boxed up some soap and sent it to him. I get this call back, and it said, "Jerry," and I recognized the voice immediately. <laughs> Jerry, I said, "He said, where the hell?" Arthur, Illinois. <laughs> I'm quoting him now. And I said, oh, he said, what are you doing? Working back there? Or where in the world are you performing? Blah, blah, blah. We talked about 20 minutes or something. And he said, you know, that's God's country. You know, when I did Bridges, Bridges of Madison County, he said, I came back with the location crew out of uh, in an SUV from St. Louis, and we drove all through that area. That's wonderful. And and he, he talked a lot about uh, uh, yeah, Joan and having lost Betty White and lost Doris Day there now. And she was, Joan was in cahoots with all these women because they were animal lovers and they just <laughs> lived up the street and they got their heads together. And when Joan died, Betty called. And this was in 
let's see, this was in August, I think. Um, so anyway, when she called and she said, Jerry, you know, in the obituary was in the Carmel paper. And she said, <laughs> Joan always called Betty Potty Mouth. <laughs> uh, and I, I, I'm probably talking out of here, but anyway, uh, she was really sweet, and she said, "Jerry, we we, we miss Joan. The town misses Joan back here." But um, uh, she said, "I tell you what," uh, and I said, "Betty, by the way, how old are you now? Remind me." And she said, "Well, I'm 99." And she said, I'm going to be 100 in January or something. And I said, well, what? I said, that's phenomenal. I forgot you're not going to be 100. Well, John died at 94. And that was three years ago. Now. But Betty said, yeah, but you know the good news? And I said, what? She said, I just signed a new contract. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you better not put that on the air. I don't know. <laughs> uh, and, and then Clint's last words were, well, Jerry, he said, that's God's country. And he said, you're not worried much about, you're not worried about the world situation. I said, no, I shut it down. I'm, I'm not even listening to the news. I don't have time for the news. I have time for all these wonderful people here. And he said, well, you know, they're talking about shooting out the, the, the power grids and stuff from China and stuff. And I said, yeah, I'm going to move them with the Amish. <laughs> he said, well, that makes sense. And, and before, before he hung up, he said, okay, I'll just leave you with these bits of wisdom. And I said, what bits of wisdom? He said, watch out for the Midwestern women. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, yeah. Well, Jerry, I, I, it's just been so much fun, and I hope you'll agree to do another show with us, and maybe we can do one, do one with the video and and shoot at your store, so people can see everything. Oh, you don't want to, you know, you don't want to do a video of me now. That'll ruin everything. <laughs> yeah. No, you well, gotta come you see it in person if you. Oh, well, that's I'm true. serious. I'm, I'm not serious. <laughs> you do whatever you want. Now, we're talking about the Midwestern, how I'm learning how to talk, how to speak. And they use at all the time. I haven't figured that out. Where's it at? Where's, where'd you put, where's it at? Uh, you, you know, and I said, well, well, right English, my, my English teacher would always say it was behind the at, you know. Our English yeah, teacher did not is. tolerate that. The adults, the adults, the adults do it. University <laughs> people do it. You know, we're yeah. that. Okay, I'm learning that now. And then, and then certain <laughs> words don't be. She say, "Be careful, you don't get your tail on a crack one of these days or something." And <laughs> okay, and these two little ladies off the buses. There's a, the buses again coming here. And these were older ladies. And the one was a cute little blue-eyed woman. She was short. And and we had done some silly stuff with the piano. And, and all the bus people were in there. And before I left, she came up to me. And she took my hand and kind of pulled me down to her height. She was little. And she said, Mr. Winters, you're a real hoot. <laughs> <laughs> and 
I didn't know how to respond to that. <laughs> I never heard that before. And so I went over to I, I went I went over to Sarah and I said, behind the counter. I said, What's a hoot? <laughs> she said, it's okay. I can't quite explain it, but you're one anyway. So anyway, I, I'm get that Webster. I don't I don't know. Well, whatever it is, I'm okay. As long as she smiled and said it that way, I feel confident. <laughs> so listen, God bless you, Lee. I, I hope you, you give your technical man some plugs because he did a great job putting this all together <laughs> and having me sit here. And I can, your listeners, I can look at you, see, because I got you on my iPad. But the oh. bottom part is me on the top of the iPad. I don't know how they did that. That's a scary situation, too. <laughs> well, Jerry, we love you. I'm just, I, I just can't thank you enough for taking time to be with us today and to, uh, although this veers off just a tad from our uh, Amish series, it really doesn't because I know that you being in the heart of Amish country has become a great blessing for you, not just for you, but for us and for the Amish friends that you've made. Do you know, we actually had somebody from Chicago call our visitor's bureau one day and ask what time they let the Amish out. <laughs> it's, that's a true story. That's a true that's, story. And it, wow. it's amazing. I see tourists and they cut out the buses and they ask these questions. That I don't know what planet they came from, you know. It, it's... it's Come down and really meet the Amish, for goodness sakes. They're wonderful, wonderful, warm, good people, sweet people. Definitely. And they're just like you. And they're Isn't just the like you and you are. They're, more, they're more disciplined, though. Isn't that the truth? And they're simple and wonderful. Yeah. That is so yeah. true. Okay. Well, Jerry, thank you so much for it. God bless you, lady. Come see me in here. I want you to come over here and terrorize the streets a little bit. We'll have lunch or something. <laughs> we'll try to do that. We'll do that. And I just want to thank our thank the listeners for being here. Uh, again, thank you for stopping by Life on the Illinois Prairie. This has been a delightful, uh, just a delightful interview today. And uh, thank you for joining us with Jerry Winters. And come to his gallery in Arthur, Illinois. You'll be amazed. I guarantee it. Well, thank you for stopping by. And if you want to contact me, you can contact me at my email is Wendex, W-E-N-D-E-X-L-O-T-I-P at gmail.com. And thank you for stopping by. Come back again. Thanks for listening to Life on the Illinois Prairie, the undercurrents of our American life. If you haven't yet, go ahead and subscribe to Life on the Illinois Prairie wherever you get your podcast. Stay tuned for more stories, interviews, and updates. I'm your host, Wendy Fleming Dexter. Until next time. Produced by Audavita Studios. Connect your voice to the world.